What is up, everybody? Welcome to episode number 29 of Betting and Boozing here on the HHH Racing Podcast. I'm your host, Kyle Roscoe, and um, we are going to have an absolutely amazing week for you guys as, a, as it is a course that we have not covered very much at all on the HHH Racing Podcast, if not ever. Um, I think this, um, I'm going to go out on a limb and say this is the first time we've covered Horseshoe Indianapolis on the podcast, but man, do they have a really good card this Saturday um, from, uh, they have 12 full races, eight stake races, two of them graded, six of them listed, but um, Indiana bred Philly's open company, three-year-olds and up three-year-olds only. It's just, it's an absolutely great card and we're in uh, big fields as well. So we're really excited to share it with you guys, but we're not going to waste too much time here in the beginning, but I want to say welcome to all of you guys out there and we'll go through the peripherals right now. Cause we do have something very, very exciting that was announced not only on Twitter by the boss, Howard, uh, Kravitz, but also through YouTube and everything else. But I want to go over that real quickly with you guys. Um, but if you are brand new here or you find yourself coming back on the regular and you aren't subscribed, please go down below the video player and hit subscribe. It helps us out a lot and lets you know whenever we post a brand new video to the channel. And while you're down there, please hit that like button as that pushes this video out on the YouTube algorithm to hopefully reach more viewers like yourself. So please do that. We'd greatly appreciate it. If you're more of an audio listener, please go to Apple Podcasts, Spotify, and Anchor. Those are our three main audio platforms that we not only post every episode of Betting and Boozing, but every single episode that goes up on the HHH Racing Podcast YouTube channel goes up on audio as well. Please go rate, review, and subscribe over there. But guys, I want to bring up, obviously, you all know our amazing power picks that went up um that are up every single weekend for you guys at 16.99 or $16 15.99 a month which comes out to about $4 a weekend one of the best and most affordable tip sheets given out on all of uh social media not uh we have a 2.59 ROI which is almost a dollar over the national average of horse players so if you haven't done that I don't know why you haven't done that yet and if you have there's something special in for you guys but brand new coming to you for this uh, this summer is the brand new Saratoga Power Picks. There's, it's actually on there twice. We're so excited about it. That's my fault, guys. I, apo- I apologize. But um, we are doing brand new Saratoga Power Picks every Friday, Saturday, and Sunday this summer through the Saratoga Meet. And not only does it come with the Power Picks you guys know and love, it will come with a uh, YouTube show every single morning, Friday, Saturday, and Sunday for you guys. Most of them will be live. Some of them will have to be taped due to scheduling reasons, but it is going to be an absolutely great, great tip sheet for you guys. And I will bring it up right now. We're selling them both individually by the week and by the entire meet. So I'm going to bring that up right now. This is, again, on HHHRacingPodcast.com. As I bring it up now, I'm going to go full screen. So, again, HHHRacingPodcast.com. You have the different banners on the top. It's under Power Picks Tip Sheet at the top. And you can see it's the top thing now, Saratoga-only Power Picks tip sheet. It includes everything you love between the ABC grids, top three picks for each race, price and spot plays, stats for every single weekend of the Saratoga meet. It comes out to about $15 a weekend. That's $5 a day for the tip sheet. Again, extremely affordable as your as your normal Power Picks give you $4 a weekend for uh for two tracks but this is saratoga every single day again comes out to five dollars 
per tip sheet and you can buy again. Okay. Excuse me. I'm getting too ahead of myself here. I'm going to put myself back on screen. This is for current power pick subscribers. So if you have the power picks right now, and again, we have a list, we are, we know who's subscribed. So there's no, you know, there's no uh, screw in the system here, but um, if you are subscribed to the power picks, you get these at a 25% discount as to your non power pick subscribing counterparts. Again, that's $5 a day for you PowerPick subscribers on top, of course, on top of your normal PowerPick subscription, it is $15 a weekend. And this is all billed. So if you buy one weekend, you're going to have to go back to the website and buy it again for the next weekend. It does not work like Patreon, where it's a um, it's an auto subscription. So you'll have to go back to the website every single time it is through PayPal. So any debit card, credit card, anything like that will work. And you can buy for the full power, full meat power picks, which comes out to $105 for the entire meat. That'll get you one free weekend. So I believe it is nine weekends, I believe. So you'll get eight, uh, all nine weekends for the price of eight comes out to about $105 even. And for you non-power pick subscribers, which I don't know why you're not subscribed to the power picks, but if you are, if you are not subscribed, it comes out to $20 for the weekend, which is, you know, $6.67 or whatever for per day. And the full meet jumps up to $140 for um, you non-power pick subscribing. But guys, that's still extremely affordable. And again, you get three days for that $20 of all Saratoga action, all stakes action, anything you guys want to be covered for this Saratoga meet. I would highly, highly recommend you get in on the Sarat- all new Saratoga Power Picks by the HHH Racing Podcast that will not only get done by Howard, Pete, Paul, myself, Charlie, Patrick, every single person will have a say in these Power Picks. So guys, if you have any um any t- uh, if you have any reason to do well this year this year at Saratoga, please go to hhhracingpodcast.com forward slash power picks tip sheet. Again, it's hhhracingpodcast.com at the top banner. It's power picks tip sheet. That is how you go sign up guys. But if you have any questions, please feel free to put them in the live chat as I will be able to answer them. And everyone else on the panel should be able to answer some questions, but um, we're, I'm going to bring everyone on. We're going to get into a little bit of comments here and then we'll get into the hard hitting handicapping as we have eight races to go through for today. So guys, without further ado, I'm going to bring on my co-hosts from the Chicago area. Now, Charlie Freeman and stepping in for Patrick for the second week in a row. You guys loved him last week, so we had to bring him back this week. Noah Maher, Noah, what's Noah, Charlie? What's going on, my guys? What's up? What's Noah, up, guys? What's up, man? Nothing. Just bringing it up. Yeah, yeah, I'm all good. <laughs> Noah was uh, Noah was having a little bit of yeah. um, issues before the show, but I'm glad everything uh, got sorted out. Racing, And then again, we'll go through a little bit of comments here and then we'll get into it. Steven Vanderbrook, good evening. Smash the like button. Again, a very astute viewer. Everyone smash that like button if you are here. Racing downwind is here. Betting, boozing, no losing is the uh, obvious as the motto of the show. Racing downwind, thanks so much for joining the show. Charles B says, hopes Ray Lou is riding for Steve Asmussen. Uh, I hope so too. I mean, Ray Lou's a great rider. So if you, if ask, if, um, Asmussen's able to get him. That's definitely uh, an upgrade to some of these riders that are riding in Indianapolis. No, not no shade involved, but I'm just saying. But Terry Franks is and profitable for the power picks. Absolutely, Terry. 
And again, thank you for that donation before. I don't think you've been on the show since that. So thank you again, Terry. Congratulations on those winnings. Michael Austin says 99% of players players are going to go broke and live in their cars that track parking lots. Well, yeah, of course. Why would, why do we gamble? We gamble to go broke, of course. But, um, Steven Vanderbrook, um, see here, Jim Pilar's already a Saratoga Park Pick subscriber and cannot wait for the meet to start. Again, a very, very astute viewer. I would follow in the footsteps of Mr. Jim Pilar's. Uh, Jim, thanks so much for joining the show, my friend. Jeffrey Wilson, what's going on, my friend? How are you doing? Thanks so much for joining the show. Greatly appreciate it. Penn State Scott is here. Evening, my friend. Thanks so again for joining the show. And Terry Frank says, hi, Charlie. Uh, especially not to all of us. No, I'm kidding. He said hi earlier, but, um, and the boss is here towered again. Thanks for joining the show and watching. So excited to present new live shows and power picks for Saratoga. Please join us on the shows and subscribe now. Absolutely. Howard could not agree more. And again, if you want to make some money during Saratoga, this is the way to do it. Thanks again, Howard. And then, um, then <laughs> then he goes, Michael Austin goes, Noah was Gaffleon for a sec. Yeah, we got uh, Tyler Gaffleon's under a different alias on the bottom of the screen there. So you'll have to take. I never realized that you actually do look like Tyler Gaffleon. That's actually really funny. I never noticed that until now. But um, like I said, guys, we're going through races four, five, and seven, which are the stakes races before the late pick five. We're going to go through them pretty quickly as obviously we uh, market this show and the flagship show as late pick five handicapping shows. But we want to give you guys all the different stakes action that are all the different insight on the stakes action that is happening on Saturday. Unfortunately, Patrick uh, had a family emergency, so he will not be here. And Noah is stepping in for him on pretty short notice. So Noah did not get his picks in for um, the first three races that we're going to talk about the quick races, but he will have his picks in for the late pick five. Again, no, I, I told you before, but I greatly appreciate you coming on on such short notice. And again, people loved you last week. So there's no better person to have on again this week but charlie we're going to go over them real quick right now race four i'm going to bring up the equibase it is the mari holman george memorial handicap is a hundred thousand dollars for phillies and mares three-year-old and up going a mile and a 16th on the dirt it is a full field of nine as i bring up the pp uh the equibase right now the morning line favorite is draws the rail the number one <laughs> the the um, podcast legend the hardy podcast constitution. hardy constitution that we sat here and talked about 15 minutes and the horse went off at one, yeah, to, one nine. to nine and i think this one's gonna go off at, at less than even money again i, I really it, do. definitely she definitely that's has right, a, keep this one brief because yeah, it's four to five one we're to one going more. quick but charlie the floor is yours my friend why do we like so much about hardy constitution love hardy constitution i mean the horse continues to deliver continues to do the exact same trip and similar figures and they're good enough to win this race again just sit right off the those leaders by a couple two three lengths and then go right by when it matters most again i know the last effort wasn't impressive because of the field but again i was on this horse two efforts back when it wasn't going off as the favorite and uh, hardy constitution performed i think she does it again uh, again i like the mix of early and late pace i like the versatility joke sharps had this uh, has had her ready to go over and over the workouts say yes this horse should win yeah, and I think after um, the that race at Penn, um, I mean, she's really just good on all surfaces is really what it comes down to. Yeah, that's um, what we love for sure. But the thing is, is that I just – I don't see her sitting a different trip than what she's gotten in the past few. Like, she's just going to sit right off the speed. I think uh, on the dirt, uh, two back, she sat a little bit farther back, but she was able to clear them with ease. I think she just yeah. sits the same stalking trip she sat at Penn. 
and just goes by everyone realistically because there's uh i mean the two's gonna want to go for the lead the three's not slow by any means the um the five's probably gonna have to go for the lead the eight's not slow the eight's going um so there's definitely a decent amount of speed for Hardy Constitution to sit in the middle and pounce at the top of the stretch, which is, I'm sure is what you saw as well, Charlie. Real quick, talk about your underneath horses, and I'll talk about mine. We'll move on. Yeah, so with the four and the nine, I mean, take a stand ran a very respectable effort against Hardy Constitution. I remember, again, watching that race and having Hardy Constitution. Uh, but again, that was one of the horses where when I rewatched the replay of that race, um, Stood out to me as a horse who, again, you look at with the odds, wasn't getting much attention, but has ran respectable efforts. You know, uh, obviously a second by 12 lengths because last time out, the winner of that race just dominated the field. But again, you're really just looking for other horses to take a chance on. I think Take a Stand could, again, sit a solid trip here. Uh, I, I think, unfortunately, since Take a Stand runs similarly to Hardy Constitution but doesn't have the same weight kick, probably won't win. But again, could be an interesting horse to put underneath. Uh, and then for the nine horse, again, my angle with the nine horse, honestly, was None of the speed horses really stood out to me. They all kind of tend to fade. So my angle with the nine horse was maybe there's a situation where since like maybe there's situations that this isn't the strongest field um, where Hardy Constitution, you know, kind of gets going early with the other horses and maybe kind of makes the move a little too quickly, which would then set up Soul of Angel, who you can see doesn't have bad early pace, but it's definitely more of a horse that likes to kick on late and will be at the very back. So that was my angles in case it is a quick pace. I would say Soul of Angel would benefit from that and could close up and win this race. I don't think it'll happen, but again, also another one you could get for a decent price. Uh, but yeah, I just think Hardy Constitution will win pretty easy here. Yeah, and um, I do agree with you, Charlie. Um, or Charlie, sorry, Charles, my fault, my man, my friend. Uh, he says the rail is not Indy. A rail is not friendly at Indy for wins, and it takes a special kind of horse to win from that post. I do agree with you, Charles, but it comes to the fact of I just think she's going to drop back and just sit a perfect trip and tip out at the top. I do agree with you though, because a lot of my uh, horses for Crownsway run at uh, run at Horseshoe Indy, so I'm very familiar with the track. Um, so I'm hoping that she just is able to sit outside of horses from the rail or just tip out of the top of the stretch and run by as she seems to be better. My problem with soul of an angel, soul of an angel, Charlie was this horse hasn't won since a 25 optional at Goldstream last year, which is about seven months ago at this point. I mean, she's ran in really tough races. Don't get me wrong, but just she never really has had and against very nice horses. I mean, just going off Mary Quaikon Cherry, personal best, classy edition, uh, Leda Vida, and also I have a stat for this horse, but I just she hasn't won in a long time. She's gonna sit in what I think is probably the back of the pack. This is where she does her best running. And Soul of an Angel, I just I don't know really how good she is anymore. I mean, she has the numbers, and this is definitely a much easier spot than what she's been running against. But the horse, uh, the horse is coming back in two weeks off of one to two league layoffs. Gerald James, who has won five percent of his races so far this year in twenty twenty three, off a of one to two week layoff. You can see in the up here, it's pretty small, but he's three for fifty five off of one to two week layoffs with a thirty five percent in the money. And this horse is definitely one that, or Sullivan Angels, one that can be one of those uh, outlying statistics. But I'm I'm going to stay away from this horse, especially since she's coming back so quick which is why i don't have her in my top three again i i do completely agree with you on take a stand though and the two i have is little king's princess i thought was interesting um this race is on the dirt where she does her best running she's going to be the speed of the speed out to the front from the rail and i think 
as long as she can stay and hold on, I don't, I think she's the best out of all of them. Just a matter of can, is she going to get run down? Like probably about the eighth <clears throat> pole in the stretch. I think she will just based on Hardy constitution's post. But I thought she was very interesting at a price of eight to one where she, I think she's probably the speed of the speed in this spot. But again, just real quick, we're going to rattle these off. I'm going one, two, four, Charlie's going one, four, nine. And Patrick, who unfortunately is not here is going one, nine, three, Charlie moving on to race five. As I switch over to the Equibase here, it is the Ellen's lucky star handicap, hundred thousand dollars going one mile on the turf for Indiana bred Phillies which draws a full field of 12. I mean, you know, like I'll put us on full screen here, but when I switch the PPs, but as obviously, like I said, I know, um, um, I know these Indiana bread Phillies. I'll take Noah off. Noah's having connection issues, but obviously um, he won't be on until race eight anyway. But um, I know these Indiana bread Phillies well as I part own two of them. But, I mean, Indiana bred Phillies going one mile on the turf draws a full field of 12. I mean, there's a there's yeah. a lot of very big field. I think the smallest field that we're going to talk about today is like eight horses. And, you know, everyone's always complaining about field sizes, but they don't look to, you know, places like Horseshoe for big fields. And this is a very, very good card that no, they I was have surprised because normally the, the, normally the Midwest, and you can speak this with our Arlington days, normally the Midwest area outside of Kentucky – you just don't really get big fields. It's normally they all either go to Kentucky or if they want to go, you know, northeast, you go to New York. You want to go south, you go to Florida, you go to the West right, it's, Coast. It's, just, it's the big money, right? Area, yeah, if you're Midwest area, you just go to Kentucky. That's normally how it goes. I mean, I remember in Arlington when we were just hoping for eights. You know, if you got an eight-race field, you're like, yeah, it's good enough, we'll take it. You'd have a lot of six-race fields, and that's honestly what you get in Indianapolis a lot of the time. And it's yep. no shade towards Indianapolis. It's just, again, if you're in the Midwest and you're not Kentucky, that just tends to be how it is. I mean – you look at Ohio and you're looking for six horses that are actually legally considered horses if you're getting to go into that track. So, I mean, yeah, no, this oh was a God. very impressive. We were talking about it off camera before it started, that this is a very exciting show. And again, I would highly encourage our viewers. I know personally, I don't usually bet Indianapolis all that often, but like this is a card I know I will because yep. this isn't your typical Indianapolis card. Like if you looked at the field and just blanked out the track, you would assume that this was a Kentucky or a New York or Florida or yep. California type of field. Right. I mean, there's really nice horses in here, too. Like, it's not just, you know, a bunch of random horses running for this type right. of money. I mean, you got verifying in there and there's a bunch of other ones, but verifying is definitely the most, you know, mainstream type of name. For but sure. what if I and I, I'll surprise everyone now, I will be there um, on Saturday for the Indiana Derby. Uh, me, I got I was able to convince my dad to go with me. Um, so me and my dad are going to be on site. So if you don't follow me on Twitter, follow me at AP Roscoe K because there'll be a lot of content. I'll probably be um, videoing yeah, every we, single we paddock, paddock and stuff. Yep. On how the horses look. That's pretty much my plan is to go back. My, <laughs> I'm going to basically tell my dad around from the paddock to the track to the paddock to the track, but it should be an absolutely ton of fun because I've never been to horseshoe before. So, um, and since they completely redid everything, I've always wanted to go check it out. So, um, but anyway, off that tangent, again, the um, uh, the Ellen's Lucky Star Handicap. I cannot remember what it was called. But again, a full field of 12. I switched the PPs right now as I switch the picks over. And me and you, Charlie, both have the, the exact same picks. So this is going to go pretty quick, I think. Yeah. Um, but these races are extremely interesting because they're mile turf races. There's really no horse on, no horses in here that have done really well on the turf at all. 
No. I do want to preface him, by the way. I'm not going to speak for Kyle to defend him. I will say, though, we did both go chalk. We did take the top three favorites in order. But I do want to say, I wrote down in my notes, there's a horse I want to mention before yep. we move on to the next race that I think is very interesting uh, between the jockey that the horse got and also how the horse performed. That's at 30 to 1. So if you are looking for a long shot play in this field, after we get through our top three real quick, I do want to touch on this horse. But yeah, starting with the one cornerstone, for me, just the obvious pick. I know, again, I don't normally bet this track. And from our great insight from the viewers, we I've learned now that, you know, the rail is not too kind in Indiana. But again, kind of similar to Hardy Constitution. And I just think this horse will get the right trip. And I think corner, uh, cornering stone is just too talented to not win. I, I'm not saying there's other horses that can't compete, but yep. personally compared to the four to one on the six and the three to one on the 12, I think the one is clear cut the best. And if I were playing this race personally, I'd probably bet on the one to win and look for a longer odd horse to maybe take a chance to come in on the money. But I mean, the figures fit this horse has shown plenty of experience and has shown plenty of talent across multiple races in the past. And again, I think just stacks up well. So, I mean, you look two back one by 12 lengths after sitting off the pace and then again, against a, it, what, in my opinion, is a tougher field than this, uh, than this race, ran a respectable second. I mean, again, the horse's form has really improved. Again, that 82 obviously is a huge step forward. Again, even though the horse didn't win, a big jump, what you like to see. And I know the turf is a question, but that's the case for a lot of these horses. And you do see way back in uh, at Saratoga, this horse did run uh, this distance or a little longer on the turf and ran, we don't know what the figure was, but ran a respectable third place. So I also saw that to at least maybe a little hope as well as what solid workouts. Yeah. I mean, look, and the other thing that I wanted to point out here that I found really interesting on cornerstone was these, you'll see this S right here on these races. This is state bred. So these are state restricted races at Indiana and everywhere else. She really hasn't done anything at all. I mean, she, she ran actually really well. This was a no contest at Saratoga, but she ran well that day. And, um, and ran decently in this main special way to Saratoga too. Granted, she got seventh, but she hung with she hung with Flight of Passage for I mean Flight of Passage. Oh man, that's a Disney reference for anyone that gets it out there. But Pleasant Passage, who is a very very nice uh, mare, but you know she ran decent on the turf, and these numbers definitely fit. But you can see in these state bred races, I mean, second, granted by fourteen, but hot little thing ran completely a freak. A freak race that day. Um, missing, then she came back in the Miss Indiana and won by four and a quarter. Granted, this was all in the dirt, but just just humor me for a second. Then another, she comes back in Indiana in, in May when they start their meet, and she won by twelve and a quarter, and then came back in a listed stake last time and lost by three and three quarters. Granted, again, so if she takes to the turf at Indiana, she's done really really well in these Indiana state bred races, which is what really brought me. To cornerstone for this race but i'll let you talk about the last two and i'll try to i'll see if i can add anything on but then we'll move on yeah so i mean again honestly for this field i was just looking for improvement figures solid efforts and again with star wisher this horse at least will go to the front which you would like is a little bit of a different aspect as the one horse obviously has speed but will likely prefer to sit a little off the pace I do think the 12 has the ability to potentially wire this field. I mean, something I tend to look for in speed horses when they're going this far, obviously a huge benefit is the fact that this horse did already run on the turf and ran well, as well as the fact that this horse, when it was on the lead, won going away. Granted, was a huge favorite, and this is a big step up in field. But again, a lot of these horses are also making big steps up. Uh, so I do think Star Wisher deserves to be uh, at those odds. And then with the six horse, 
Uh, again, a similar angle. Uh, these two are going to go to the front. And another one where I did like to see the horse run away. I'm a little more worried about the six because I, uh, you can see the late speed is a lot weaker. And also because this horse looks very strong in sprint type of races. You know, you're five, five and have six for long races. And I do think going a mile is going to be a big ass for this horse. But the thing that gave me confidence is Michael Maker is the trainer. He's a very smart trainer. He knows what he's doing. So if he believes this horse is in at a shot, he wouldn't just throw the horse in to throw the horse in. So I do believe that he believes in his magic. And then the one horse I wanted to uh, touch on real quickly for my long shot is the 11 horse. Uh, single her. Now, this is a horse that ran against Star Wisher uh, in the debut and ran a respectable second uh, and got bet down pretty well that day. I think actually was the, yeah, the second choice behind Star Wisher in that race. But then you look, I mean, the figures obviously aren't great, but then off that big layoff from November of 22 to June of 23, runs up to a 60, which again is not earth shattering, but for this field is respectable enough to be competitive. And again, another one that went to the lead and won going away. And I'm not saying this horse will win. I'm not saying that. But all I'm saying is for this field to be 30 to 1, I think single her is a very interesting horse to consider to at least put somewhere in your exactus or trifectas. And I would take every bit of that 30 to 1. I don't think you'll get it. But I mean, I think anything in 15 to 1 territory and above, this is a horse you have to put somewhere. I just don't think in this field that's a 30 to 1 horse. Yeah. And again, I mean, second by two lengths to the 3 to 1 horse that we both like. I mean, right. You know, if it's, you know, 3 to 1 versus the, granted, that was back when she was two. But I mean, you know, it's 30 to one versus five to two. I mean, what's the difference in a tune? You know, definitely underneath Charlie, especially a horse that's just going to send out from the lead. She does have a pretty bad post in the 11, um, but there is a pretty decent run up to the first turn. So, I mean, like I always say, I'm not talking you off a double digit horse and I don't mind a horse in a rate in a field like this. That's just going to go out to the lead and lo never look back. So. I really do like it. I agree with you on the six. That's kind of a maker and trust thing. Although I do think she's a she's pretty she's very good on the lead. So if she can get there and takes to the turf really well, even though kind of good magic, it's not the best turf sire. But um, you could if I go to the breeding on the six, there is um, pretty decent. Um, oh no, this is the one without. Uh, excuse me, this is the one without turf breeding. So that's also why I was a little puzzled with the six. Why they why maker decided to bring her into this spot. But the 12 has run really well on turf. Uh, again, really bad post. But not only has she been able to win from the lead, but on a pretty easy lead, but she was able to win from the back on debut. So this horse is pretty versatile. And uh, one came third behind Heavenly Sunday and Isabella Alexandra in uh, and an N1X at Keeneland. I mean, this horse definitely fits. Although the figures are a little light, I wouldn't say it's completely out of the realm for a Indiana bread steak. So I completely agree with you, Charlie. One twelve six. I think the 12 is extremely interesting on the outside. But me and both Charlie both are one twelve six. Charles, I'll talk about the 10 real quick. I mean, it's just the matter of, I mean, the horse is, I mean, she just hasn't run on turf. And I get it. I mean, all state breads, and she hasn't been able to do anything. She went with a 45 buyer going five and a half in a fast pace at 28 to one. I mean, realistically, in a race like this, this is definitely a spread race if you're playing uh, like an early pick five or something like that. But um, I, I, she picks up Prescott, and Rodney Prescott's not been winning at, at too good of a clip, but he's a very good jockey, and uh, he rides a lot of our horses. But losing by 12 and a quarter to Cornerstone, two back, I mean, I just I don't know. That's just It's not a horse I would play, but 
that's just like you said there's a lot of horses doing stuff for the first time so if she's there at the end i wouldn't be completely surprised by any means but moving on to race number seven is the snack candy cap this is the last one before we touch on before we go really in depth with the pick five charlie let's go through this one really quickly here um i'm going six eight three charlie's going six three four we both have the number six king ice who is the morning line favorite on top for george leonard and james graham i mean realistically this is another horse that hasn't really run on turf at all but just the numbers fit yeah for me it was that simple the numbers fit the horse certainly doesn't have early speed which could work against this horse um but certainly does have closing speed uh i mean the one thing that does give me hope because sometimes when i see a heavy favorite like this where they do show a lack of early speed and you know you could argue uh oh no like some horse could just get away and they can't get there in time as i did like the effort two back where you do see that this horse sat a lot closer granted lost my head but nonetheless proved that it doesn't all it, you don't have to entirely fear that this horse can't be close enough but again just running against other horses that i think are decent in this field and beat them by a decent margin i mean on paper king's ice makes the most sense and looks the best uh, and then going into my other two quicks real quick for backyard justice i mean the figures aren't great but i just like to see that this horse uh will be more towards the front and for me out of the horses that will be towards the front, I feel like this horse has the best chance to actually be able to, you know, stay far enough ahead that the six can't get there in time. And then with bad boy geese, or I don't know, uh, this horse again, just looking, for a long, Geist. Geist, just looking for a horse again. I know it lost to King's Ice, but didn't run poor, too bad. And again, mm-hmm. the figures aren't bad. Another one where, again, I just feel like if you're betting against the favorite who's a, big, who's a heavy closer, the only way you're going to beat a heavy closer is by being a horse that's going to go to the front and have enough gap. And correct me if I'm wrong, but that name, is that an Arlington legend? The job? What? Uh, Santos Sanjuri. Yes, it is. It is an Arlington yeah, legend. Yeah, so then there's another reason to believe in the four horse right there, folks. And again, another one where, though, at the very least, on a serious note, at 10 to 1, why not? Again, I would probably go with the six. But if you're looking for a horse to either take as a long shot to win or to put underneath, look for – if it were me, I'd look for a speed horse at a price out in front. Yeah, and I don't disagree with you. I mean, the I mean the number four is – I mean, the eight points less than the buyer, but is that worth, like, I mean, two two to one versus ten to one? I mean, probably not. I don't know if the horse will be – I don't know if bad boy guys will be ten to one at post time. But it'll be interesting to see how the money shakes out considering there's not a whole lot of turf – uh, numbers in this race i went six i completely agree with you charlie it just you uh he runs his race every single time very honest horse and if he's just able to get the good trip that i envision him getting if he takes to the turf he should be pretty formidable in here i want the number eight anchor man at 10 to 1 for Car- Cara toy and um adam Bashizzle my nizzle uh Biskitza. but um Again, just a horse that's going to set a really nice stalking trip from an outside post, hopefully like fourth or fifth, and is able to get a good run coming down the stretch. Um, ran really well at Keeneland in a main special way. Comes to Indiana in a state bred and wins going away versus a horse, Backyard Justice, that's in this race. I think the eight is extremely interesting at a price of 10 to 1. Not sure if you'll get that considering there's not a whole lot of turf form, and this is one that has turf form. But I think Anchorman is extremely interesting. And my last horse I have is Backyard Justice as well. Completely agree with you, Charlie. The figures are a little light. But this is another, another you know, Backyard Justice, another one that has turf form for Arlington legend Tony Granitz. So, I mean, look, with the, there's a lot of – you can go really go into a lot of specifics of turf breeding and stuff like that. But with a lot of these Indiana bred horses, you're not going to find too much of it. But – um, you can definitely get bogged down a little bit, but these uh, both the fifth and the seventh are really 
kind of hard. If you don't go on top, there's definitely a lot of ways you can go underneath. But again, I'm going 6-8-3. Charlie's going 6-3-4. All right. We spent a little bit more time on that than I wanted, but it's not too big of a deal. But we are going to go in depth now with the late pick five at Horseshoe Indianapolis for Indiana Derby Day on Saturday. And of course, bringing back the laggy man, Optimus Prime himself, Noah Maher. Noah, bringing back on screen. Got to give you a little bit of crap for that one, but um, oh, you sh- as you should. <laughs> like I said, if you start sounding like Optimus Prime on the show, now nah, I'm not going to be the only one giving you crap. That's for damn sure. But switching over to race A here, guys, I'm going to show full Equibase for these races. It is the Michael G. Schaefer Memorial Stakes. It is a field of ten, and as I bring up the Equibase right now, the Morning Line favorite is the number six Creative Minister. For uh, Brian Hernandez and Kenny McPeak. Second choice is um, Promise Keeper for James Graham and Dallas Stewart. And third choice is the number five trademark for Fernando De La Cruz and Victoria Oliver. Switching over the, to the PPs and the picks right now. Again, Noah's will also be on screen for these last five. Most of we're all pretty around the same horses, kind of just bouncing around between um, the same four horses. So this one should be pretty pretty straightforward at least in our eyes but um noah since you haven't talked yet i'm gonna let you go first on the number six creative minister who was a who was a horse that was on the derby trail come last year and ran really i think respectable races and has come back in optional claiming company this year and really has you know put in some really respectable races yeah you know this this was kind of a weak pick for me um i i just kind of defaulted to creative minister i mean this it's just a really nice horse. Um, been been running against a really nice company. Um, there's a lot of speed to the inside, mm-hmm. um, which is pretty interesting. I feel like uh, he could definitely set the trip. And uh, BJ obviously comes to ride, so that's that's a plus. Um, the only knock on this horse is he just doesn't really seem to get the job done. Um, been a very low price in a lot of his races, and just hasn't crossed the wire first so that would probably be my only knock yeah and like i like i said i completely agree with you with the speed of the inside that's why i have this horse on top charlie did you have anything else to add before we uh, move on to the underneath no i mean i love creative minister i don't love the price to be honest uh but i do think which we all kind of got the same idea of is at least in my eyes that it's a three-horse race uh and yeah my angle is i'll dive in more to when we get to the other picks but just like noah was going to say for me the reason why when we get to our tickets, had to go obviously more than one deep in this race. Is that is my worry with creative ministers? This horse tends to close well, but just doesn't get the job done. Tends to like to, you know, we sometimes joke about seconditis, but it looks like this horse may have that. And the other concern is again, you know, that's been going farther, which should help this horse. And now cutting back, I don't yep. think necessarily favors a horse that lacks early speed, which is why, again, as we move into the next two picks of ours, I went with horses that have shown the ability to be either on the lead or just off and stay up there because that is the way I think Creative Minister gets beat. Is If a horse beats the six, I think it's through a horse that's farther up and gets the first jump and goes by the early speed and Creative Minister doesn't get there in time. That is my worry if you're someone who is creative on Creative Minister, which I am, but again, why I like other horses as well for maybe a better price. See, Charlie, I guess that's where we differ because I can I disagree. I think the cutback is really going to help creative minister because you can see in, in that Keeneland race two back at a mile and an eighth. See, he actually headed the lead coming down the stretch and just kind of just like just out of out got out finished in the last eighth of a mile. So I think if he takes to this cutback where he really hasn't been since uh, 
you know, last year, March at Gulfstream in the maiden race at seven furlongs. Granted, this is still a two turn mile, but I think the cutback's really going to favor a creative minister who really just kind of lacks that. He is a really grindy type of horse. He doesn't have, I do. So I do agree with you on the fact that he's grindy and he doesn't have necessarily that punch that a lot of these milers should, would have to be able to win these races. But I think he, I think he has the punch. He just kind of falls back a little, or he gets there. And they kind of falls back once they hit the last eighth of a mile. So I actually like what Kenny McPeak's doing in this race, cutting this horse back and is able to um, um, is able to hopefully hold on. But I do agree that this would be a horse that, you know, you try to beat in a, in a spot like this. And I see Matt Miller's echoing the same statements that I'm going to say right now in the chat. But um, this horse just seems like it just cannot get the job done no matter what creative minister seems to get there and then just kind of, you know, get run a nice second, you know, run respectable races, but just can't get the job done in front. So anything below three to one on this horse, I would not like to go anywhere near a horse like this. And also Charles B points out a really good, um, a really good um, points for these is that watch these no Lasix and these stakes races. So a lot of these Indiana bred horses, especially are running on Lasix at, in, at horseshoe and they get off LASIK, so that that's something you look at. That's a great thing to be aware of. Charles, thanks so much for pointing that out to me. But, again, we're kind of all around the same horses. Noah, you and I have trademark in second for Victoria Oliver and Fernando de la Cruz. Ran a really nice race at Monmouth last time out behind Petulante, who's a nice horse. I mean, in a cold pace as well, going 48-2 and two to the half, I thought he was really interesting. Yeah, um, you you know I'm gonna pick a horse that's owned by BBN Racing. I mean that's <laughs> that's a fact. Um, yeah, but uh, for trademark, I thought he could kind of sit a, a similar trip uh, to Creative Minister. Yeah. Um, and in that Monmouth race, um, he ran really nice and he came back pretty quick. So that was kind of a, a pretty pretty interesting to me. Um, and then the last thing that I thought was kind of a hidden was um, if you scratch at that turf race at uh, at Churchill beginning of June, um, this horse is a improving four-year-old. Um, yep. Started the year with an 83 and then an 89 in the Ben Ali um, against a pretty damn good field, rattle and roll. Um, and then, yeah, that Monmouth race, like you said, uh, closing into a slow pace. So I, I think this horse has a pretty decent shot. I completely agree with you. And as I, you took the words right out of my mouth that I was going to close out with is if you draw a line through that turf race, he's only been improving since the start of the year. So anything, and again, this, I would argue this is not an, necessarily an easier field, but I mean, he's faced the class that he needs to be able to beat in this race and run respectable races against him. So I do really like trademark in this spot as well. Charlie, you have the number one keystone field in second second who i actually had i was bouncing between um him and the eight between my third spot so i definitely am interested in keystone field as well who i've been third what did you like about him yeah so honestly what i liked was just the strong bounce back after you know what was a little bit of a disappointing effort certainly i mean i know the odds obviously are 25 to one would suggest two back that this horse wasn't supposed to perform, but nonetheless, the 73 after the horse had just put up a 91 certainly was a letdown. So it was nice to see the horse bounce back. Really what just excites me again, love Michael maker. Uh, I also like uh, the jockey. I, I'm, I don't know his first name, but I recognize. Yeah. Cause I've, I know I've seen him ride a few of Wesley's horses before when he sends yep. horses here. Um, but yeah, what I really like about this horse, honestly, is just, again, I think this is a horse 
that will probably out of the realistic contenders in this field is going to get the first jump. Like if you look at all the horses that we kind of are on and talking about, the horse that's probably going to get the first jump out of them, at least how I see it playing out is Keystone Field. And the horse definitely has a decent kick, has shown the ability to sit off the pace and win in the past. Also, I just like the resume. I mean, you see there's a lot of graded races that Keystone Field has run in. So yep. this horse has plenty of experience against running against tougher fields than this, you could argue, by a decent margin. Again, I think Michael Maker knows what he's doing. I like this spot a lot for Keystone Field. And I don't think you'll get 6-1, to one, but if you do, I would take every bit of that 6-1. to one. I, Personally, if I were playing this race on my own, I would rather bet Keystone at 6-1 to one than be betting Creative Minister at 3-1. to one. I don't That's disagree with you by any means there, to be honest with you. I mean, this horse has been racing. I mean, just granted, lost by 20, but just to go through, Last Samurai, Wes Willpower, Law Professor, Law Professor, Miles D, Rattle and Roll, Speed Bias. Again, the turf race, I'm drawing a line through it, but um, I mean, this horse really can sit the trip, and if he runs back to that 102 buyer he ran at Oakland Park and that optional claiming, that horse, this horse definitely fits. So I'm also extremely interested in Keystone Field. And then, no, I'll, no, I'll let you touch on Mask Parade, as that's actually the one horse that uh, we all don't have in our top threes. And then, Charlie, I'll let you round out with um, the eights, and we'll move on. Yeah, this was uh this was kind of a, a little bit of a wacko horse for me because if you go back to uh that four-year-old form, this horse is running some very solid numbers. Um and then uh just hasn't come back the same um as a five-year-old. Um not was favored in that Nick's Go race um uh Derby weekend, um, but just just hasn't come back the same. Yep. Was actually favored over Zozos, which was pretty pretty Which, interesting i'll take that money on zozos thank you very much people. yeah but anyway um i agree this was the horse noah um that had a lot of buzz that day um and uh masquerade was going from a mile and an eighth to a mile people thought the cutback was going to really help and obviously he went off as the favorite from i believe like a six to eight to one morning line and i i don't know i mean he definitely could be interesting especially if 12 to one I mean, back running those 97 buyers, running that stocking trip definitely fits him. And, I mean, just look at the rate. Again, this is another horse that you can just look at the top three lines and even listed stakes. I mean, he had to face Zozo's three technique who won last weekend at um, at Ellis, I believe. An art collector. I mean, just monster horses. Third off the layoff could improve for Al Stahl turning five. I mean, maybe he's just not as good as he used to be. But at 12 to 1, definitely worth a look. I completely agree with you. Also, before I, I continue to um, I continue to keep putting it off, but um, my mom was in the chat earlier. So, Mom, if you're still here, shout out to you. Love you, Mom. Thanks so much for joining the show. But um, I would – so, Charlie, promises keep, promise keeper for Dallas Stewart. James Graham ran a monster race last time at Ellis. Just, was, just got beat but runs a 94 buyer. Second, um, second off the layoff, turning five. I mean, this horse, I mean, Promise Keeper could just be improving again. That's no, that's the exact thing I saw. It was just a horse where it is getting up there in age. And, you know, as we kind of see with the three horse, sometimes that could be a bad thing uh, where the regression just shows off the layoff. But I saw the huge jump from the 81 to a 94, which stood out to me again. And I liked also kind of the difference in trip. You know, you look at this horse in the past and it tends to be a horse. Granted, it had that one race in March where it went to the lead, but the horse tends to like to sit a little more off the pace and then move. So it was a bit of a different angle to go on to the lead. 
and the horse didn't really seem to uh, promise keeper didn't really struggle with going to the lead i mean the horse stayed up the whole way lost by a neck which is nothing to be embarrassed about in a decent optional claiming race um so i definitely think this could be an issue i i think my one question on the eight is i just don't know what trip promise keeper is going to go yep. for if this horse goes right to the lead i really like the horse because i think again since you're trying to beat horses that want to sit off the lead i think promise keeper could potentially wire this field if promise keeper is able to set the pace uh that's ideal um but i think if the horse goes back to sitting off the pace i don't love it and real quick on mass parade you know this was a horse that i was all over i do like the horse at 12 to 1 in the underneaths but I just need to watch the horse prove it. I can't bet on this horse as a win bet. I, I would happily take it in the tries or maybe even throw a little exacta. Um, again, this was a horse, as you mentioned, when we covered this horse, uh, when we covered the race that this horse was in on May 6th, I was on mass parade. And that for me was what I, I tried to make as a bold pick because the horse was coming off a large layoff. I think, as you yeah, mentioned, the horse opened. It was me versus you that day because I yeah, had Zozos as my t- my best pick of the day. So And I remember the horse was you. like 6 to 8 to 1, and I was bragging about how I was going with some bold pick, and you were going with a more talky pick, and I was saying that it was going to be cool because your horse, I thought, was going to go off as a decent-sized favorite, and mine was going to be a big price. Next thing you know, you get a great value on your horse, and my horse goes off as a favorite, which – I didn't end up actually betting the horse in the race in the end because I was like, this is not the odds I thought I was going to be signing up for. And then doesn't fire at all, has a second chance to bounce back. Granted, it was a, it's still a grade three, not an easy race to try to bounce back in per se, and didn't. So for me with Mass Parade, again, love the value as an underneath, but I just can't bet this horse until the horse proves to me that it can get back to the form that we saw in the past. I guess I'm rubbing off on Charlie. He's using the old Kyle, uh, have to see it before I bet it approach. I love it. Oh, yeah. But, a lot of what, yeah, you start to rub off on me on a, on a lot of the techniques. Whether for sure. good or for worse. Better or worse. Um, yeah. Yep. Uh, I'm going 651. Charlie's going 618. Patrick is going 168. And Noah's going 653. Guys, switching over the PPs again. This is race nine as I switch over to the Equibase right now. It is the Jonathan B. Schuster Memorial Stakes going a mile and 16th on the turf for four-year-olds and up. It is, again, a full field of 11 um, going around the Horseshoe Indianapolis turf course. And I'll switch over the picks right now. And this is the race. I know Charlie feels oh, not strongly about this I'm race. I'm going to get ripped for my top three, but that's why, people, this was a spread race well, for me. Well, I got one of them in there, Charlie. I got your winner in there. I, I, I have two double-digit horses in my top three. I'm going to get ripped. But, Paul, you're up first, my friend, so you better be ready to take that ripping. But, Charlie, you have the number 11 on top, Gentle Soul, for William for uh, Brett Calhoun and uh, BJ Hernandez. Ran, I mean, ran good races at fairgrounds, just kind of just didn't get there at Churchill last time being all the way in the back. But what do you like about Gentle Soul? Yeah, I just love consistently seeing that there are a lot of respectable figures with Gentle Soul. I like the jockey uh, ride as well. And again, this horse just has a really, when I watch replays, has a really nice kick. The problem is the early speed is a concern. And at times, Gentle Soul can, again, just kind of start too far back and have too much work to do late. Now, what I'm hoping for is, you know, I know mile to a mile and a 16th isn't crazy. But again, for a horse where needing more distance to get into tends to be the problem. I like that. The horses, if you look at the best efforts this horse has shown, it has been on the turf in a mile and a 16th. So I do think this horse can step forward. I also love the six to one price. Maybe you get it. Maybe you don't. But again, for me, and again, as we get to the ticket later, a lot of the horses that have the, the favoring odds in this race are horses that have ran a lot farther and are having to make big cutbacks, which yep. to me makes it a question mark. I don't know what's going to happen 
again, this is a spread race. And for me, if you're betting this race, I certainly would spread out on it if you're betting a pick five. And if you're betting the race vertically, I would look for a long route horse to take a shot on. I mean, I know I think the favorite's like four to one, so it's not like there's any heavy favorite. But again, yep. my next two picks are both double-digit odds. I think this is the race where if you're looking for the one that's going to blow up tickets and really make the uh, the pick five payoff, I think it's race nine. That's the race to me where I think you could get a long odd horse come in to win. Yeah, and I mean, I I do agree with you, Charlie. Uh, no, I'll let you touch on the eleven in a sec. But the two favorite or the three favorites in loves the one, the third choice that um, has run well at this distance, but hasn't done it in a long time. Hasn't really run well on the turf um, since October at Keeneland in an allowance race where actually he ended up losing to Kentucky ghost, which I just don't know if in loves as good as he used to be uh, Arlington Agreed. legend, by the way, but um, just not, he has to show it to me before he gets to it. But what Charlie's referencing is the number two strong tide. who I actually had on top for a long time because I thought he was going to be the pace, but looking over the two mile mile and a half pace doesn't necessarily translate to your mile on exactly. the 16th pace. So I do agree with you, Charlie. Uh, but Michael Lauer, for Penny Lauer, for his wife, I mean, they bring a lot of good horses to Indy. So I wouldn't be surprised if Strong Tide but I'll talk, uh, runs well, but I'll talk about uh, him in a little while. But the other favorite is to the outside. I believe it is the number eight for Stoppin, who I actually have on top in this race. But mile and three-eighths, mile and a half, ran well at a mile and an eighth. In the Kentucky Cup Classic at Turfway Park, ran it was on the synthetic, and ran well at Keeneland last year in an N1X at a mile and an eighth. So that's the reason I liked um, for stopping. But Charlie, your point is definitely taken that these horses need to go a lot shorter than what they have been going. So, and obviously I have this horse in second, so I do like Gentle Soul a lot. Noah, do you have anything to add before we move to your topic? Uh, you guys said a lot of what I was going to say. You guys made some really good points. Um, the only thing that I was going to add is that um, in that race at Churchill uh, was favored against Camp Hope, who ran in a big stakes race last week. And I know Howard was really on that horse. And I actually watched that race, and Camp Hope had a very difficult trip. Yeah. So that could that could definitely be a key race, so definitely a horse to use. Yeah, that was the set-piece race, where set-piece was miles back and almost got there in the end, but stitched at, like... Um, 30 to one or something along those lines got up to win. So that was the one race that blew up the Ellis park late pick five. But um, speaking of that, obviously Noah, where'd you get that information? The power picks, right? Yep. <laughs> Subscribe to those power picks. People they're making uh, besides that one race. We won. We had three winners last week. So subscribe to those power picks and subscribe to those new Saratoga power picks. It is in the top of the description down below. Thanks for that little plug. No, I appreciate it. Um, but anyway, your top pick is in love. I know I touched on a little bit about him, but, um, what did you like most about him? Um, I was kind of just banking on the fact that that makers mark mile has been just such a live race. I mean, there have been so yeah. many quality horses that have come out, come out of that race. Um, it's definitely possible that this could be a prep for something else, but I just figured the horse is talented uh, if he runs back to some previous numbers, he's got a big shot. So I just thought thought he was worth a look. Yeah, I mean, if you were, I mean, what a race to see at Keeneland. I mean, that Maker's Mark Miles insane. What is insane this year? But um, I don't disagree with you. I think in love is interesting. You think he might have to? I think he might be a definite use. But I just like I said before, I just don't know how good he is now. I mean, he's set newly seven. Um, 
didn't really run well at Turfway, brought him back to Keeneland, where arguably he's done his best running of his whole career. And just really, because obviously he won the Keeneland Turf Mile. But I just don't know how good he is anymore. But if he if he runs well at five to one or higher, I think he's a definite use for sure. I have I'm gonna talk about the number eight for stopping who Charlie doesn't have and Noah has in second. Um, this horse has been running longer, won the Elkhorn at 16 to one and blew up that pick five uh, at Keeneland that day. That was we were there that day. So I com- I remember this one pretty well. But uh, hot pace and the, the last as well at Man of War, but ran against um, the same horses. So I don't know if he just didn't like Belmont that day or whatever. Maybe um, he doesn't necessarily want too much given the ground because he's run well on firm before excuse me on firm before but i just think the cutback can really suit him he has a really good turn of foot um and obviously his names are stopping so he's extremely fast if you if any of f1 fans are out there but he's run well at a mile and an eighth before at keeneland on the turf and a turfway in the synthetic so i don't have any um issues from the distance he should get the pace in front of him to be able to close in and even if even if it doesn't end up being too fast of a pace, Verstappen will be right in the middle of the pack, so he should have enough to go bu- to go with everybody. Brenda Walsh is still extremely hot, riding on the back of that massive Keeneland meet, so I have no worries in anything of Verstappen. I think he could be the horse to beat in this race. But um, Noah, I'll let you touch on anything that I didn't touch on, as you have this horse in second. Um, yeah, everything you said was, was pretty spot on. I, I, I really think that the horses did not like Belmont. I, I, I think that giving the ground is, is really a thing to focus on because this horse, um, that, that, uh, Kentucky cup classic at, at Turfway. I mean, that's, that's some pretty firm stuff. Um, and then the Elkhorn just ran a, a really nice race. Yep. Um, so I think, I think you should be confident in your top pick. Hey, I love it. Like I said, if you have the horse in second, I'm confident. That's what it comes down to. But, um, Charlie, I'll let you touch on your last two. Um, I'll touch on the two real quick, and I'll let you have the floor. I said Strong Tide's been running at a lot longer. If he does end up showing pace, this could be a race stolen on the front end. There is a little bit. He he has actually run really well at Indiana in the past. Um, As you can see by those numbers, uh, six races, five in the money. You have to go back a little ways as strong tide ran there a lot. Obviously Michael Lauer brings a lot of his horses over to Indiana. Um, obviously, and this horse is Indiana bred, might I add, um, I forgot I probably should mention that, but, um, just a really great, a really good horse. And if he can turn it, if he, he can do well in the turn back and get toward towards the front, I think this horse has a massive shot. Anything above nine to two, I think is really good value on strong tide. And I think you might get it. Not, not, but he does have really good form. Obviously, he was third in the man of war, um, in that same race, granted at 50 to one, but still ran a really bang up race that day. So, if he takes the cutback, could really be strong in here. Charlie, the floor is yours. You have the three, me and Mr. C in second, and the number five, Gallon Guy in third. But, like I said, floor is yours. Yeah, so to be honest, I was gonna put Verstappen third, but I decided since it was gonna be on my ticket, he was gonna be on my ticket anyway, and I wanted to be different i figured i'd put the five in there and yeah so that was my i'll talk with the five first then because of uh racing down wins comment so that was my angle with the five horse to be yeah. honest with you was 
this horse will be the speed and you look at this horse and you know normally when a horse is a speed horse and is moving to farther distance it's not always the easiest adjustment you know sometimes for me i'll usually write that horse off and i'll think the horse will fade but you know the horse ran on the ran a mile on the turf ran a very respectable figure and was able to stay on and maintain the lead the whole way. So my angle with the five horse was, again, you're getting a solid price. And since you have a lot of horses that are used to going farther, which means if they're closers, you know, going to be hard to have to close quicker than they're used to. And if they're speed, it's going to be harder to deal with, you know, as you mentioned, the speed of a horse that goes a mile versus two miles is drastically different. So that's something the two could struggle with. So that was my angle with the five. And then the three horse, I'll tell you what, I had this horse on top and then I got scared last minute and backed out. I love me and Mr. C. If you look at the figures, this horse has been Mr. Consistency by, I mean, other than the second race at 65 figure, every single race, me and Mr. C has had a very respectable figure. Again, I love Michael Maker, like the jockey. Of course, we had some very respectable efforts on turf and dirt, so it doesn't really seem like the surface makes a difference. The horse consistently runs its race. Me and Mr. C is always in the money, so at the very least, I think you can get value. But I'll tell you what, again, on my ticket, I'm spreading, but this is a race where, again, I want to see what the live money looks like, but I will definitely be betting this race on my own, and I will definitely be putting a wager on me and Mr. C to win. I mean, I don't think you'll get 12 to 1, but if I get anywhere near that, I will be happy. And yeah. I, I, you can, I, I'm more than open to any criticism about me and Mr. No. C for why I'm wrong, but I don't care. I believe fully in this horse. I love me and Mr. C. I will take every bit of those odds. I love the three in this race. And again, Racing Don Wynn, who I think is, in my opinion, one of our most astute viewers personally, I think a lot of you should definitely check out Racing Don Wynn's Twitter. I, I personally pay a lot of attention. As, as Another thing I was about to mention, ran a few bullet works as well. So I do think Gallant Guy is very live in this race as well. Um, but yeah, those folks, if you're looking for some long shot horses, I think the three and five really makes sense to me. And I will give a shout out to Patrick, who's not here for going with the four as a double digit horse too. So he also went the route of yeah, trying he, to be bold. He did go with I kitchen think this is the race to go bold. I think this is the race if you're looking for a double-digit horse put on top. I think this is the race, folks, to go for it. A, fe a, fe a fellow beshizzle my nizzle, Adam Biscuits, a connoisseur. I love it. But, I mean, the four is interesting. It's not raced at the um, the level that a lot of these horses have. But Kitten Mischief, last two efforts have been really, really nice. The last one, the Gray Wizard is in that race, who's a very nice horse. Uh, Jonathan Thomas is red hot at, I mean, any everywhere, but at Indy, he's winning almost 50% on the mark. So, I, again, 15 to 1, you'll get on Kish, Kitten Mischief. Never talk you off double-digit horse, but um, I'm going with 8-11-2. Charlie's going 11-3-5. Patrick's going 4-8-9, and Noah's going 10-8-11. Guys, switching over to race 10 here as we hit cross that one-hour mark for the podcast as we are going – Hopefully you guys are along for the lie. I greatly appreciate yeah, everyone. We've got a lot of races to be fair. I don't uh, we, we're doing eight half, races. More than to half be a fair. card. Yeah. yeah, we're doing more than half a card. So it, this is good because we I can talk through everything. Every wow, Mike Tyson. Every single thing. <laughs> every <laughs> single thing um, that I'm going to be there for on Saturday. So I'm very happy that we get to talk through all these horses. But Indiana General General Assembly Distaff Handicap. For $100,000 for Phillies, four-year-old, Phillies and Mares, four-year-old and up, going a mile and 16th on the turf. What do you know? Horseshoe Indy on a Saturday. It is a full field of 12, with the morning line favorite being the number eight, Henrietta Topham for James Graham. And I think Grant McCauley, I believe, is, uh, is his first name. Uh, correct me if I'm wrong in the chat. I apologize. The second uh, choice. Jeff. Is it 
Oh, is it Jeff McCauley? Thank you. I appreciate Jeff it. G, yeah. yeah, close. Close enough. Uh, sweet Danny Girl, and, uh, the second choice for Gabriel Saez and Carlo Vecareza at 7-2. to two. And then the third choice to the inside is the number three juncture for Marcelino Pedroza Jr. and Brad Cox. But switching over to the PPs right now and switching over the picks, I think we're all pretty close. Yeah, we are all pretty close, except three of us have one horse on top and one of us has the horse absolutely nowhere. And the new guy is going to have some explaining to do because he, we are all going with the number eight Henrietta Topham on top, but Noah, my friend going with the second choice, sweet Danny girl for Vacareza. Why are we wrong? Noah, why is the number eight going to win this or number 10, excuse me, going to win this race? Um, I, I had this 10 on top simply because I think this horse is going to be lone on the lead. Um, I I feel like this horse is is gonna get the lead with soft fractions, um, and people can say that the horse kind of was a speed and fade in the last two. But the thing that I find interesting is this horse gets Lasix back, and if you look at that race three back with Lasix, that was against State Bird Company. Um, but there was, this that horse ran up pretty monster race at uh at like five to two yep. um so i i i just i'm just kind of looking for that effort i i don't really know what else to say no no you're fine because i mean this is one of those horses that's going to go straight to the lead from the outside post hopefully get a pressing trip i'm sure is what you're hoping for but as we go through i mean we'll go through the pace princess theorem's not fast or she's fast but she'll be middle same thing with justify my love Juncture is not has no speed. Hardy Constitution's most likely running earlier. Howard brings in the crisp teacher joke of she better be fit because if she's running twice, uh, she better be she better be good to go. But most likely running earlier on the dirt would be my guess. But she is cross entered into bolts, so keep an eye on the program come race day. Uh, Hail two is not fast. Uh, shows has shown some speed in the past, but I don't think she's as fast. Uh, present moment will not be in, on towards the top. Lovey Princess won't be. Harden at the top of won't be. Uh, French Cuffs has a little bit of speed, could show a little bit. Sweet Danny Girls, who we're talking about, and the 11. And the 11 has really no speed, and the 12 has a little bit. So, really, the only horse might be the 12 going for the lead, Noah. So, I don't disagree with you by any means. Um, I don't have this horse anywhere. I just don't know if this horse can class, but class up but the fact of the matter is if she is all she has her own lead i mean she's going to be really tough in this field and maybe i just completely missed something as you all all of you have the number 10 in your top three but charlie i'll let you talk about our top pick henrietta topham who last race in the mint julep did get a pretty did get a decent pace to run into going 112 and one to the three quarters but ran a really really nice race that day yeah, I mean, I certainly think the pace helped Henrietta top. But for me, again, this horse likes to sit just off the pace. And I just ultimately think that Henrietta Topham is just, you know, it, the horse had the 10 sweet Danny girls number in the past. I think the eight will again. I think the eight can benefit from sitting just off the pace once again, but staying close enough to be within striking distance. Uh, love James Graham as well as the jockey riding. And uh, you see, obviously, he's ridden the horse now twice. And it's been arguably the horse's two best efforts. So clearly he knows how to ride the horse uh, to its top potential. I really, I, I don't know if I love the three to one price, but I certainly love it compared to the seven to two on the 10. I think both of those are kind of short prices for a field this big, but again, Henry at a top him deserves to be the favorite. Hasn't taken a step wrong. 
Uh, again, two solid, not big wins by any means, but solid wins against good fields. I mean, winning a grade three last time out. Uh, I do expect the H1. I will say I'm a little nervous that I don't have the 10 in my ticket, yeah. but we'll see. And then I'll let you talk about the eight real quick. But I will say when we get to the one, I love this one horse and I love the odds. I cannot believe, I don't think you'll get eight to one, but I cannot believe the one horse is eight to one. I thought the one horse should have been closer to five to one. Well, Charlie, you are the only person on this entire panel that has. I know that's what shocked so. me the most. Not that no one had the. I guess no one out of the eight. There's a little surprise with the fact that nobody believes in my one. No, I I, I did believe in Princess Theorem, and if I was playing a pick five, she would be on my ticket. So don't don't go too far. But Princess Theorem from Brendan Walsh and Adam Biskitza. I won't say it again because I'm sure everyone's going to shoot me if I do say it one more time. But I mean, Princess Theorem is a really nice horse. Yeah, again, has run against very tough competition at Gulfstream. Uh, again, Brandon Walsh, a tremendous trainer. The works of Mansad ran a bullet workout on the all-weather uh, in a minute flat. Again, uh, the distance does not concern me at all. The, the horse tends to do its best running at a mile of 16th on the turf. Another one that's going to want to sit just off the pace and get the first turn. And what excites me about Princess Theorem is, again, Ultimately, even though I respect Sweet Danny Girl, I just think the horse is going to run out of gas and fade yet again. And for me, while, again, I do think Henrietta Topham should win, if you look, Princess Theorem tends to like to run the same race as the eight, only sits a little bit closer. So if the eight doesn't get close enough in time and can't get the jump early enough, soon enough, Princess Theorem's going to get that jump first. And again, for a horse that runs similar figures... And again, runs a similar style that, again, with why I think we both agree the eight is appealing, is the eight should get the trip that it's looking for. I think the one wants a similar trip. And if you're telling me I can get that trip with a horse that, again, ran against good competition at eight to one, I'm taking the one. This is another race where on my ticket, I'll have both. But if I'm betting this race on my own, I think the eight will end up getting bet down a lot more and will probably end up going off favorite five to two. I will happily take every bit of those odds on Princess Theorem when I play this race on my own. Yeah, and as uh, Racing Dawin even says, you might get 10 to 1 plus because this race is, there's a lot of good horses in this race. So Princess Theorem might slip under the radar, but she is definitely interesting in this spot because I do I do like Princess Theorem in this race. Just kind of, this was the one horse that kind of slipped below my top three. But um, Noah, you, me and you have the same underneath horses. And then Charlie, I'll let you, or no, the 10 was already talked about, so you get nothing. Yeah, I don't uh, the, 10. No, it. the number uh, three is Juncture. For Brad Cox and Marcelino Pedroza Jr., this morning line six to one, into two pretty cold paces. I mean, going forty-eight and four at Keeneland, and then at Lone Star going forty-seven and one on a very firm track that was at Lone Star that day, was able to close really hard and able to get up at the end. I mean, I don't know if you'll get six to one just based on connections alone, but she definitely is very interesting. Yeah, there's actually a, a funny story behind this horse. Um, I mean, this horse really, she hasn't done much wrong since coming to the States. Um, I actually left her off a pick five ticket at Keeneland because the one hole was, or the one hole at uh, turf routes at Keeneland was absolutely atrocious. It was so bad. I wanted to use this horse so bad, but I was just like this, there's something wrong with the stat. Like I, I cannot use this horse, um, but was two to one, which the horse should have been. And then in that last race at Lone Star, um, the speed figure was probably a little bit slow compared to these others, but uh, she just did it very professionally. Yeah. Um, and I mean, Brad Cox has done absolutely nothing wrong bringing these horses here to Indy. So yeah. it, it could be just another one of those, uh, add that tally to 11, make it 12. Yeah. I mean, look, and I don't know if you'll get, like I said, I don't know if you'll get six to one just based on connections alone, Brad Cox horses out there. 
really tend to get bet down as they did anywhere, usually in that Midwest area. Um, But she definitely fits. And if there's enough speed in front of her, um, obviously she doesn't need it. But if there is enough speed, Juncture is definitely one that will be there to pick up the pieces. But we have the number seven underneath lovely princess for Kenny McTeek and BJ Hernandez. This is one of those horses, Charlie, we were talking about last race that, you know, she's rented a mile and a half and a mile and an eighth and done really well. Hasn't done better. hasn't done too much better going shorter. Although broker maiden at a mile and a 16th and ran a decent race against bubble rock in the mistress revere. But, um, no, I'll let you touch on again, and I'll kind of I'll bring up the rear. What'd you like about Lovely Princess? Yeah, uh, you said it right there. I mean, I I think this horse would probably be my top pick if this if this race was longer than a mile and sixteen. Um, I I just think the the quality of those last two um, at a longer distance uh, would probably I I think they would win this race. Yeah, um, but at a mile and sixteenth, that's definitely a question mark. So, uh, yeah, she's just really improving, and she might get the trip. Because at a mile and an eighth, um, in a mile and a sixteenth, she still likes to sit just off the leaders. She'll usually get that stalking trip, and she's been improving ever since that. Uh, ever since um, starting her twenty twenty three campaign, ran an eighty five at Keeneland in an N two X, and then ran a ninety in the Kirtana State uh, listed stakes at Churchill at a mile and a half. But she even kind of faded towards the end, where she just was the better than everybody else in that race, but just kind of. Uh, died out a little bit so cutting back a little bit i think will help her in a spot like this which is obviously why i have her third but i just don't know if she's going she's better going longer noah so i completely agree with you that's why i have her in third but charlie i'm gonna let you finish it out here the number 10 or no sweet danny girl again i did it again you get nothing and like it but um i think there's a lot of different ways you can go in this spot this one might be another spread race Again, keep your eyes on the toe board as Hardy Constitution is cross-entered in a spot like this. She's interesting in both spots, I think, although a little slow for this field. I think she fits a lot better in that dirt race earlier um, for the same amount of money. But obviously, we'll have to see what the connections do. I'm going 8-3-7. Charlie's going 8-1-10. Patrick's going 8-7-10. And Noah's going 10-3-7. Guys, moving on to race 11. It is the penultimate race on the card but is also the second biggest car uh stakes race on the card it is the grade three indiana oaks going a mile and a 16th on the dirt track for three-year-old phillies again a field of eight the smallest field on the entire card which is pretty good for a race and the number the morning Light favorite which i thought was actually really interesting the morning Light favorite is the number five defining purpose for BJ Hernandez and Kenny McPeak, and we lost Charlie, but so that means no, we are on our own for right now until he comes back. I apologize for the connection issues. I'm sure his internet just went out and he'll be back very shortly. But um, Patrick, actually, no, nobody is out going with the chalk on top, or no, Noah is. Excuse me, I lied. You like defining purpose. I'm just I'm not on it today, to be honest with you. Um, but you're going with defining purpose again, who I was a little bit surprised being. The morning light favorite in this spot. What did you like most about defining purpose? Um, yeah, I, I'm kind of interested to see what you guys have to say because this was a this was a pretty soft pick for me. Um, the thing that I was kind of looking for most uh, were the intentions. I feel like Ken McPeak, Brian Hernandez Jr. They're coming to Indy for this race. 
you know this horse is going to be ready uh, a little off the layoff um she should be fit and ready to go so that was kind of my thought process yeah and i agree with you on the intent right she lo- she doesn't run very well in the kentucky oaks although she did have a stutter step um as it states there i'll kind of i'll show the replay a little bit going through actually i can't because it's churchill excuse me but um as we all know that fiasco i forgot that was obviously it's a kentucky oaks i don't know what i'm forgetting but um she did take a bad step and she did get herself involved into a hot pace going 111 and one to the three quarters and a mile and eighth at churchill but um i just don't know there is a lot of other speed in this race even just for an eight horse race um the seven is going to want to go the eight's definitely going the three's definitely going and the two is not and tax won't won't go or the three's the three's going to sit off hopefully obviously as high have her on top but tax is not slow the five's going to have to deal with most likely the six to her outside the seven is probably going to sit middle and the eight's going to be on the lead so that was kind of my angle i think you might just get a little bit more pace than what she bargained for in here but going back to a mile and a 16th from a mile and eighth, I think does help her as I have her in third. I just don't know if she's going to be good enough to hold off the closers with the other pace next to her. I think, I don't think she'll be eight to five. I think um, actually Howard says it in the chat right now. I think tax will go off as the morning line favorite being that she won the, the, the freaking black eyed Susan for Christ's sake um, by three and three quarters. I think, Text will probably be around the seven to five mark and it'll be seven to five, two to one in this spot. But um, Charlie, you have the number two text on top while we're on her. Please feel free to expound on anything that I said. Yeah. So honestly, I know, I believe it was Patrick who was all over. Was it Patrick who was all over tax when we covered mm-hmm. that race? Yeah. Yeah. So that, I know I was not on tax at all in that race. I, I the figures were impressive to me, but I just, I, again, it was one of those where I needed to see it before I believed it, that the horse could take the step forward that Patrick correctly predicted the horse would. Uh, for me, I agree with what the boss man saying though. I mean, the workouts are incredible with 59 and three a minute and four, the horse took another step forward. I do think tax is incredibly difficult in this spot, but I also think this is an underratedly strong field, which is why I did spread a little bit. Um, I know the three was a horse that I think you and I, and I think everybody besides Patrick was high on in Merlaza and just disappointed. So, I mean, you know, did mention though, the horse got the brush start. Uh, But if you look at some of the races back, I think those races fit where if Merlaza can get back to going back to slowly improving uh, and, you know, you throw the last race out, I think Merlaza, Certainly as well with Brad Cox as the trainer. Could be a threat at a decent price. And then I just couldn't leave defining purpose out of my top three either. I mean, I know the last race certainly was an issue. But again, as you mentioned with the stuttered step, kind of messing the horse's race up. Uh, so for me, personally, I, I'm, I'm probably two, three deep in this race. I think I might take it when we get to it. But yeah, Tax to me is the horse that makes sense. I was very surprised as the boss man mentioned that Tax wasn't the opening favorite. I think Tax will go off as the favorite, deservedly yeah. so. Um, and yeah, I mean, this is one that's just going to kind of naturally hurt my pick five ticket because I don't want to lose. Uh, so I'm going to probably have a bunch of small prices on it. But again, that's where I'm going back to just banking on that race earlier that I'm spread out and making me my money back. So uh, yeah. yeah, so that's where I'm at. Yeah, I don't disagree with you. Like I said, I think tax will go off this morning. The favorite, she's definitely the horse to beat in this spot. I went a little bit off the grid here. I went with Merlaza on top. And this is a horse that I was all over on black eyed susan day and i loved in the black eyed susan and then all of a sudden drew just went to the lead with her and i was like i i couldn't believe my eyes like the the 
the trip that Mer- that I thought Merlaza was going to get was the exact same trip that Taxed got on the outside, an outside stalking trip where she was able to just trip, just go out at the top of the stretch and just blow by everybody. That is what I envisioned Merlaza doing. Instead, she went to the lead with Hoosier Philly and Faza and just never really like didn't. She kind of just faded out because I don't think that's what she likes to do. I think going back to a mile and a sixteenth. And hopefully going back to her stalking ways is really going to be the key for her in this spot. She's working well at Churchill. Brad Cox pointed her to this spot after that Black Eyed Susan stakes. I just I I really like Merlaza here. And if you get six to one on her, I will definitely be placing a win bet um, on anything above probably six to one would be my value line. Anything above six to one on Merlaza, a win bet will be going on. I just think she's hasn't shown the talent that she really has. And if she's able to sit the trip, I hope she gets, I think she's going to be very, very good in this spot. Maybe, you know, maybe not enough to win beat taxes that 90 buyer is imposing, but I think, like I said, I thought Merlasa was going to get the same trip. So if she ends up getting that same trip, I think she's going to be very, very good. As I said, but um, I have the number with the three as well. I think we both, yeah. when we covered that race, had the same thought that the horse would get the trip that Tax and again, which again, credit to Patrick. He was the one who said that Tax would get this trip. I think we thought the three would get the same trip and had a better kick, which is what we'd seen in the past. And again, Flaunt Giroux, which, I mean, look, he, he's a very talented jockey in his own right. He's had plenty of wins on horses that we've covered in this show. So, you know, all respect to him, no disrespect intended. But again, as you mentioned, ran a very questionable trip, to say the least, in the style based off of how Merlazas tended to prefer to run. Uh, so I'm hoping, as you are, with the three. That's where I'm hoping the three can win this race to help keep my ticket at a good price because yep. I'm also hoping that Merlaza goes back to sitting more off the pace, which is where this horse has been at its best. I completely agree with you. Nothing more to add onto that. But, um, Noah, you have the number six in second, Lily Pooh. Patrick actually has this horse on top. So Patrick definitely believes in this horse coming from the West Coast, Santa Anita, and Golden Gate and Del Mar. For Michael McCarthy, what did you like most about Lily Poo? I really wish Patrick was on so I could hear what he has to say about this horse because <laughs> I think this horse coming from out of California, probably going to fr- uh, fly uh, under the radar. Um, but California is kind of my specialty, you know, uh, being from there. Um, but this horse, she ran a, a pretty nice race in that Summer Oaks and lost to uh, Window Shopping, who is a really uh, well-thought horse uh, for Richard Mandela. Uh, she won that race uh, really nicely. And window shopping uh, was, I think, I want to say the second choice in the in the, uh, in the the Oaks prep at Santa Anita uh, way back in either March or April, whenever it was. So uh, this horse has been running against a, a sneaky, a sneaky talented field. And I feel like she can definitely clump up, uh, clunk up and get uh, in the money somewhere. Yeah, I mean, she's definitely talented enough. Obviously, with a lot of these West Coast horses, mainly on the turf track, you have question marks. But um, that was a very fast pace that day where she got she got crowded, as it says in the um, the notes to the side. She kind of got pushed back all the way. She not she doesn't do her best running from the way back. So um, definitely put Raspoli in a spot where he didn't want to be in, but still made a really good run and kind of just faded out in the last eighth of a mile. Uh, obviously window shopping who won that race going away who's a really nice horse a really nice filly but 
I just I don't know how she's going to class up into a field like this, but the buyer, she can continue to improve off that 81. She definitely has a fit, maybe not winning on top, but she definitely has a place to fit underneath. So I don't disagree with you by any means, Noah, whether um, you know she runs a mid-80s and runs second or third, or she's able to take a big step forward and tax kind of regresses, and she's able to run that same type of trip that we envision taxed and Merlaza getting. But I'm going three, two, five. Charlie's going two, five, three. Patrick's going six, five, two. And Noah's going five, six, three. Guys, switching over to the last race. And of course, is the featured race of the day. It is the grade three Indiana Derby for three year old, three year old males going a mile and the 16th on the dirt, a field of nine going around the Horseshoe Indianapolis dirt. Or, wow, Horseshoe Indianapolis dirt track with. The favorite, a very imposing number five, verifying for Marcelino Pedroza Jr., Brad Cox, the second choice, just to his outside is Hayes Strike for BJ Hernandez and Kenny McPeak. And the number three, Orlando Mojica, Larry Rivelli is your third choice at six to one. And guys, I switch over the picks right now and switch over the PPs. We Every single one of us, as most likely everybody, I probably should have played the game on how many people had verifying on top, but completely slipped my mind. Um, we all have verifying on top. Again, as I stated, it looks very imposing in a field like this. I think this is a great spot for him. Noah, as you are still basically the guest at this point, you, um, I'm going to give you the floor to talk about verifying first, coming off a really nice race in the Matt Wind, who just lost to a very talented horse in his own right, Disarm. Yeah, I I just think this horse is probably the best out of this field. Um, Disarm has, has really improved um, this year and has uh, been about a lot of talks of, as being a really nice horse uh, come Breeders' Cup time. So I think uh, that that race was definitely legit, even though it was on – on the slop, this horse has has back numbers to prove that this horse is definitely talented. And you know, Brad Cox again. I mean, he's he's just superb bringing these horses here. And uh, I actually, I I kind of want to talk about the three because I have this horse in second, and I could I could very easily just uh, suck up to the boss and put the Hawthorne horse in my top three. But I I legitimately think this horse has a shot. Yeah, I mean. The horse, in my opinion, Charlie, I'll let you touch on it. I think the horse has more than a shot. Um, I think this horse is easily the best horse in the race and definitely the colt to beat. Charlie, um, add any, do you have anything odd uh, to add on to verifying? Obviously, there's not too much to talk about. No, I, for me, this is a very straightforward race. Verifying, barring anything going drastically wrong, in my eyes, wins this race easy. It's no disrespect to the other horses in this field. It's simply verifying is at least a class above. I think you could argue multiple classes above. You know, the Derby obviously was too tough, but that's the best of the best. I just, for me, there was no horse in this field. We have to give a top three, so I picked the other two that were interesting to me to put up a fight. But really, verifying is no excuses not to win this race. I don't know how personally you couldn't single verifying in this spot. Obviously, if you don't, I think this, for me, this would be one where you either single verifying or bet against verifying, which yep. I think is kind of risky to do. And I know you've kind of highlighted where if you're a value player to kind of do something, like, you know, like maybe you play one ticket where you're all over verifying and another where you pick a few prices that you think, because you'll get a price on any horse on this field, in my opinion. Yep. I think verifying is going to go up even money or less. But yeah, the horse is all the talent in the world. 
bounced back from a brutal Kentucky Derby effort, which again, I don't really, I, I put a line through that race. I think that's just, it, it, you never know what's going to happen. It's a derby. derby, yeah. But the fact that the horse, you know, bounced back and ran a 101 clear best effort after that, you know, you don't know how a horse is going to respond after that difficult of an effort. I mean, I knew it would be weaker, but still, you don't know how, it, how a horse feels after that. And I think the horse ran tremendously well. The works say yes, the connections are obviously strong. I think Verifying is the easy, obvious winner here. Yeah, I mean, it, I have nothing to add really to verifying. He's definitely the horse to, horse to beat in this race. And if he continues to be an improving three-year-old off that 101 buyer, it's definitely going to be tough to beat in this race. I have the number eight in second. Yeah, we have the same, have the same exact picks. Yeah, <laughs> I just noticed that. No, you actually don't have the eight anywhere. But I thought eight to one was extremely uh, generous on this eight, even though it didn't really run well in the Louisiana Derby and has run well in optional claiming company. But... Scotland's a nice horse and eight. I mean, all of eight to one. I really like this horse at eight to one, Charlie. Oh, I love everything about this. See, for me, again, as I'm as something I'll continue to explain to people uh, is the way I see races like this. I know on my ticket, I'm just going to have verifying. But when I'm betting this race straight up, I'm not going to bet verifying to win because I'm good betting twenty dollars to win twenty or fifteen or something on this horse. I would happily rather place three to four or five bucks on a five eight exactly that'll pay a, a heck of a lot more. I love, uh, I don't know how to pronounce the name. I'll let you pronounce it again. Um, but at eight to one on the eight just shocked me. I mean, again, when you're betting against the heavy favorite or you know you're trying to pick a horse to go with it, you want to go with a horse that's going to go with the opposite style. And obviously, Verifying is going to want to be on or near the lead. So why not go for a horse that has, obviously not great early speed, but in my opinion, on, on paper, the best late kick of any horse in this field. And again, ran against some decent horses. Obviously struggled in the Louisiana Derby, but I also think the horse didn't get the trip that it wanted in the Louisiana Derby. You see it was right up on the pace, which I don't think helps this horse. I think this horse prefers to sit mid or toward the back. And again, I don't see why the eight horse couldn't finish second or third in this race. And I think you could really benefit with a 5-8 exacta and make a very, find a great way to make some money in this race. And then with the seven, it was the same angle with Haystrike. I hate the odds, to be honest. I don't like this horse at three to one. I think verifying is a lot better. And I think the exactor won't pay that well with Haystrike. But again, another one that's a very solid closer. The lack of speed does concern me. I, again, I'd rather play the five over the eight, but I think the seven is a very respectable horse that can get somewhere uh, to, you know, pay out. And I think is good enough horse to come top three. But again, for me, I would be trying to play the five over the eight. That's where I see the value. And I just like the eight horse, odds aside. Yep. Yeah, I mean, completely agree with you, Noah. You have the seven and third, just like Charlie and I do. I'll let you touch on a little bit of Hayes Strike, and then we'll move into your uh, second-place horse, which is the number three. But um, what do you see kind of in Hayes Strike? Uh, this this is another for McPeak that he's shipping over here. The horse is, the horse is really talented and has run some strong numbers. Um, I There are two, two knocks I had on this horse. One, I think he's going to be way too far back. Yeah. Um, I think the only the only chance that this horse has of winning um, would be to be a bit closer, and then the second was just coming back really quickly, and that that Ohio Derby, I I, I mean I know two fills is two fills, but to lose by twelve and three quarters, I, that doesn't seem impressive to me um, at all. So, yeah, I mean, I agree with you. That's my that was my exact. Um, maybe he clunks up for third, but he's going to be just based on his running style. Hay strikes gonna be very far back. So anything to clunk up into second or third, I would take him, but it's going to take a big effort for this horse with not a lot of pace in this race to be able, but especially with a horse like verifying on the front end to be able to reach him from probably, I was about to say ninth on the grid, Charlie from ninth coming around the turn, <laughs> but 
Um, Age Strike's definitely one to consider underneath. And uh, Charlie, you have, or no, Noah, excuse me. Noah, you have the number three. Act a fool for Arlington, actual Arlington legend Larry Ravelli. And the owners, um, how about that? Patricia's Hope, man. They yeah, everywhere. And Richard Raven, too. I mean, yeah. there's um, all of them. But yeah, this horse has run really well at Hawthorne, now ships over at Indiana. What did you like most about Act of Fool? I just think that this horse is just going to go, go, go. I, I, I think the, you know, the, the, the greatest chance of this horse of, of winning this race is just to go. Um, I, I don't pay attention too much to that turf race at Hawthorne, even though that was, that was a really nice uh, listed stake and ran really well. I just think uh, Ravelli wanted to get a two-turn race um, under the belt. I feel like he's pointing to the spot, and I think he's got a lot of confidence in his horse to ship him here. Yeah, I mean, he's coming back really quick too, right? I mean, this horse has ran June 25th and is already coming back two weeks later to run on July 8th. So, I mean, granted, the horse, that horse, Active Fool, that was the um, Hawthorne Invitational Day. And that uh, Active Fool had the lead that probably did one of the, even though it shows hot pace numbers, that horse said one of the easiest leads I've ever seen in my life. Like, just no one wanted to go with him. He's like, yeah, you'll, you'll, you know, you'll fall eventually. It's fine. And it never did. And I don't think the horse is his best on turf either. I just think that was a very um, beneficial pace scenario. So coming back to the dirt, I like him a lot more. But it's just a matter of with other with a little bit of other speed, especially with the verifying to his outside, which is going to get a pressing trip most likely in this spot. I just don't know if he's really going to class up uh, to a horse like verifying. But Active Fool is definitely interesting. And the last horse I want to touch on is the number two, Ray's Kane. Obviously won the Gotham, the Gotham, the Gotham at Aqueduct on the Derby Trail, ran fifth in the Bluegrass and ended up running eighth in the Kentucky Derby. Came back in the Matt win afterwards, that same race verifying was in and um, just never really had the closing kick that Disarm had that day. But um, definitely racing downwind likes the number two is he thinks he'll get a jump to the closers. If this horse runs back to the like yeah, how he broke his maiden or... 46 and two in Keeneland granted out of two horses, but 46 and two is very quick. Um, This horse is definitely fit. I just don't know how really good this horse is, especially since this horse based on most recent form, this horse is going to be coming another one coming from the back as well. I just don't know how good this horse really is. And to catch up with a horse like verifying, I just don't know. Like I said, I don't know if this horse is going to be good enough. Definitely a play underneath, especially a 10 to one. But um, I will. I would much rather looking the horses up front, like verifying and um, active fool. I think is extremely interesting, especially if he stays above that six to one price point. I'm going five eight seven. Charlie's going five eight seven. Patrick's going five three eight, and Noah's going five three seven. Guys, going to switch over to our best bets of the entire weekend as we close out a very long show here. Um, for Horseshoe Indianapolis for their one of their big stakes weekends um, for Indiana Derby weekend. But Noah, again, since you came on late, you sent me a pick five. So we're going to go over that. And um, again, the new format of the show, what I kind of want to do is I want to expand a little bit more than just pick fives. You know, if you people like a win bet on certain horses or people like doubles as I do, but um, that's we're going to kind of venture out in a few different ways. But Noah did give out a pick five as I will read right now, is he's going one three five six eight with two six eight ten eleven with three ten with five 
with three five, which is a fifty dollar pick five spread spread. Um, narrow, narrow, narrow. Basically, is how this uh, ticket goes. Noah, talk about your t- t- ticket construction and all your opinions. Yeah, I, I saw uh, Howard had kind of a, a similar uh, kind of construction to this to this sequence, which I I, I think is probably smart. Um, in the first race, um, creative minister could definitely win, but um, I I don't have a lot of faith in him. So I, I've got Keystone Field. He was mentioned. Uh, Mass Parade, I think, can run a big race. Um, and then in the second race, in the second race, that that race is about as wide open as it gets. Yep. Um, I've got I've got five there. Um, and then in the third, uh, if I had a little more money, I would probably use more. But I'm on a bit of a college budget right now, so I can't quite spread as as much as I'd like to. Um, so I just went with Sweet Danny Girl, who I thought was we're going to get on the lead and see if she can just take them all the way. And then juncture, I thought was definitely interesting for Brad Cox. And then um, in the Oaks, um, I was, I kind of think it's probably a two horse race between tax and defining purpose. And I'm, I'm, I didn't really get to say much about tax, but I'm kind of personally against tax. So I just, I just kind of have a soft single on defining purpose and, okay. and try and try and get through. And then in the last two uh, verifying could definitely be a single, but I feel like, uh, you could get a lot of value if if another horse wins. So I just threw the three in. Absolutely. I mean, that's that's where the value would come in, right? Is even if it comes all chalk, if verifying gets beaten that last race, who's definitely, in my opinion, the most likely single on the card. There's there's a ton of value there if you can beat them. And I love the college budget uh, reference as we use that a lot on this show. Me, not so much anymore. As I'm, God, I'm like a year and a half removed from college now, which is absolutely ridiculous to say. For me, but we 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 relate strongly to the college budget around here. But um, Noah, thanks again for joining the show on such late notice. I appreciate it, Charlie. Best bet and a pick five. This man's pulling out all the stops. Although I will give him a little bit of shit because he's giving two win bets. Wait, I, w- I want to edit one of them. Five, I'm but... edit one of them. So, all right, what do you the want? Constitution. I'm sticking with because that like that one I just love. I'm editing the I, I know what you're one doing. because that one's too boring. Yes, I'm making my best bet instead going to be a 5-8 exact. Yeah, because I know exactly just taking, yeah, just taking verifying to win is boring. And I'll be honest, folks, I, I originally just made the pick five, and then I saw Kyle in our chat said you can also throw in best bet, so I kind of tried to scramble to get something for you. As Kyle mentioned, I am trying to go all out for the people at least. Uh, and, yeah, kind of sticking to what Noah said, trying to be on a college budget around that $50. So that's how I got to my pick five. So as I mentioned, uh, the first race on it, I believe personally, at least I know a lot of people think it's a spread race. For me, it's more of a three-horse race. Um, I was between, um, I believe, was that the race with, um, yeah, Keystone Field. So Keystone Field, again, was the horse I praised at 6-1 to one, uh, for some value. But then obviously, I mean, Creative Minister should win this race, but we've been saying that about Creative Minister, or people have been saying that about Creative Minister for a lot of races. And then Promise Keeper, another one that is showing a lot of improvement, second off the layoff, so could be interesting. Uh, then going into the next race, this is the one that I think is a disaster. Major sped race, this is the one where I think you can get a double digit to win. Again, folks, another one I, I wanted to pull in Arlington, but I didn't. Uh, but, you know, at Arlington, for those who don't know, they would have like a long shot Louis thing uh, where they would pick a double digit odd horse to win a race. So if you're looking for that, for me, it's me and Mr. C, the three horse at 12 to 1. That would be my long shot Louis. Um and then with the one eight, again, you know, another horse I love at a price is Princess Theorem, but I do believe the eight, um, what was that Henrietta? Henrietta Topham, yeah. Yeah, 
Now, I, I do think the eight is tough, but I still believe that uh, Princess Theodore can pull off the upset. Then I know for the short prices, it's a bit risky to spread. But again, I do think Tex should win, but I still believe in the three horse. Um, I do believe uh, that Mer- Merlaza could bounce back, and I couldn't risk leaving up to find a purpose. And then again, I think Verifying is just too tough. It has to be a single for me because Verifying is just so much better than the rest. And I just think the way the race plays out, there's not a whole lot of speed. It's really just the one, the three, and the five. I think the one and three are going to gas out. The five will be effortlessly alone when it comes to the end. And then you're just going to have a bunch of closers closing up late, passing the weakening horses to get in the money. And I'm banking on the eight being that horse for uh, my other best bet. And there's my yeah, ticket, 54 bucks. 54 bucks and the college budget. We love it. But um, oh, and no, I don't... The nine who's on my ticket, McLovin. I just threw it in for the name because it's a spread race. And I was like, you know what? I'd be so cool to win with a horse named McLovin. McLovin's not that bad of a horse, but I do do respect it. I do respect it. But I was like, you know what? It's a name drop and a half. And how cool would it be to hit a big pick five and say, yeah, McLovin was part of my winning ticket. Had to put it on there. All-time movie. I mean, the all-time movie. All-time movie is right. But, I mean, the horse is off a big layoff, but ran big numbers last year. So I don't think McLovin's definitely impossible either. I mean, 10 to 1 in that race off that big of a layoff, obviously – the morning line people see something as well besides and the name. Not to mention, well, well, the name could play a part in it, but not to mention Rudy Brissett's really good off of 180 plus layoff. So that's another thing to take in. I'm going to give up Patrick's best bets because again, he gave me all his picks, but ended up uh, couldn't be here tonight. But Patrick's best bets are actually very similar to mine. Uh, he's got two doubles: the race four double, one singling Hardy Constitution into the number six in the fifth race, who is a horse I don't have in there. Who is that number six? I'm searching up right that's now. That's Louie Poo, isn't it? No, it's not. It's, that's that's Ease Magic, Magic for yeah, Mike Maker, Maker yeah, who I actually wow, don't cool, have in there, I like but it. I have third. Um, and then race 11 is um, Defining Purpose and Lily Poo into um, Verifying is his race 11 double. So that's race four, the one with six, and race 11 double, five, six with five. And again, like I said, very similar to mine as I bring mine up on the screen, except I just have different horses. Um, but same exact races. Race four, I'm also singling Hardy Constitution, but I'm going one with 112. That's Corningstone, the number one, and the number 12 is Star Wisher for Tony Granitz. I think those horses, those two are the are the two to beat, in my opinion, while still getting decent value. I'm hoping for about five to one doubles or higher. I'm hoping for six to one doubles, honestly, in that big of a field. I'm hoping the one one is six or seven to one, and the one twelve is about eight or nine to one. So hopefully, I can play those um, relative to pay out the same. It's called dutching for those of you that don't know. Hopefully, pay out the same exact price. And whether I play them for like thirty and twenty, I usually like to budget around fifty bucks for these doubles. So thirty and twenty to pay two hundred or something like that would be my inevitable goal. And then race eleven, I'm going two three with five. That's taxed and Merlaza going into um, verifying. So for ta- for tax double, I'm hoping for at least four to one. And then on the Merlaza double, I'm hoping for double that at eight to one. So that way I can do like a 35-20 or 35-15 or something like that scenario where they Dutch to be able to get me to about 150. So that is my whole – that those are my two best bets on the double. Hopefully we can get at least one, if not both of them, home. But for everybody out here – like I said, thank you all so much for watching. I know it's a track that we normally don't cover and obviously, honestly doesn't get that big of a poll, but support these local tracks um, to the people of like Indiana and stuff like that. It means a lot to them. 
um, uh, rest in peace, Arlington. But um, on these big days where they have these massive fields, this is every better's dream. Highly recommend playing Horseshoe Indianapolis on Saturday, not only for the big uh, the big fields, but for the really live racing as well. For my co-host, Noah Maher, Maher, I almost did it again, Noah. For my co-host, Noah Maher and Charlie Freeman, this has been Kyle Roscoe in episode 29 of the of Betten and Boozen here on the HHH Racing Podcast. Thanks so much, everybody. Have a good night.